This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Portland, we're talking about how some business and city leaders are saying Oregon's bottle bill is fueling our city's fentanyl crisis. And did City Commissioner Renee Gonzalez cry wolf about getting physically accosted on the bus? Also, a quiz on romantic destinations by their one-star reviews. Joining me on this midweek roundup is our very own executive producer, John Atariani. It's Tuesday, February 13th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Welcome, everyone, to the Midweek Roundup. John, nice to have you. Hey, Claudia. How's it going? Good. How was your weekend? It was great. I mean, I spent a good chunk of my weekend with you, right? (laughs) (laughs) We finally did it. We went out to Teacup and went cross-country skiing, me, you, and Julia, which was awesome. And I don't know about you. I'm still in a fair amount of pain. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so sore. I'm so glad you said something. My forearms are sore. Yeah. Everything. Actually, everything is sore. Yeah. Lots of weird places. My shoulders. I was like feeling it in my biceps this morning. Yeah. So uh, if you're new to the show, John has been promising to take me skiing for about five years. And this was the year that he he came through. And he also brought our audio producer, Julia, and we had a blast. We had such a good time. I had never been cross country and it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, except for the stopping part. Yeah, yeah. And you guys did great. You guys picked it up really quick. I mean, like the first moment when you got up, I could tell on both of your faces, you were like, how does this work? <laughs> but by like like 15 minutes in, you guys were pros. Yeah. We all fell a lot, but I am the only person who documented myself falling. <laughs> and I will be putting that video up on Instagram, just FYI. As, as you should, yeah. Because it was amazing. So much fun. Well, before we go into the news, I wanted to give you a quick update on a story. So last week, uh, it was Julie and myself doing this midweek roundup. And we covered Rene Gonzalez basically saying that he was accosted on a MAX train. And we found out that he takes the MAX and he bikes to work regularly, basically. And we were Mm -hmm. in awe also, like, oh, good for him. But he said he faced, and this is a quote here, deliberate, unwanted physical contact aboard a MAX train. And this is like, you know, in the heels of of one of his relatives' cars getting set ablaze in mm-hmm. front of his house. So we were just like, dang, like, leave the dude alone. Uh, but this morning, video came out of the encounter, and uh, it shows something very differently. John, did you see it? I did. I did watch it. I mean... You know, I'm very much on the side of any elected official, regardless of whether we agree with them or don't agree with them, like shouldn't have to fear for their physical safety, like full Mm -hmm. stop. Um, But yeah, I did not I did not find the video terribly frightening. Yeah, I mean, so much so that the Portland Police Bureau closed an investigation into the incident last week. Basically, they're like, so we found nothing that substantiated his claims. Um, And in the video, it's like a 90 degrees camera. So you kind of see like his point of view and then also from behind. And uh, a woman did walk by him 
wasn't looking at him, maybe brushed him. We can't hear, though, so we don't know what was being said. And she rarely ever looked at him. She was, like, looking out the window. I'm sure she said something, you know, whatever. But I feel like uh, it's a very different story from being, like, physically accosted, like, being touched, which is scary, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Than someone walking by you and being like, hey, you know, blah, 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 you know. I feel like that's your feelings got hurt. That's yeah. different. That's yeah. different. <laughs> That's different. It's also interesting how many little kerfuffles around a uh, city council involves transportation. You know, <laughs> have you thought about this? Oh, it's like so Gonzalez right. on the bus, or Joanne Hardesty in the hit and run, or oh like God. you know Mingus maps in the bike lanes. The it's car like car getting a blaze. Yeah, car is getting set on fire. Oh it's my just God! Like, what is? You're so right. I wonder if there's like a Carmen Rubio jaywalking video coming out, mm-hmm. or like uh, Ted Wheeler uh, uh, riding a scooter on the sidewalk. That's what I hope comes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Portland, where transportation is drama. Like, I feel <laughs> that is the new slogan. Um, but yeah, I just brought that up because I, I feel like I'm always the one who holds strong in the, uh, gonna give him the benefit of the doubt of the Gonzalez, you know, but like, because I feel like, you know, he, he gets dumped on a lot. Yeah. But now I'm just like, you're now a boy who cried wolf. And uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's not a great look. It's not a good look. But anyhow, just needed to say that because uh, it was it. I, I was tickled, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. So this week I wanted to share a story that uh, was written by Nigel Jayquist, uh, a Willamette Week reporter. It's all about Oregon's once trailblazing bottle bill and how it's seen as a contributor to our city's fentanyl crisis. Um, a bit of history, our bottle bill was the first of its kind in the country and went into effect oh, way back in 1972. And it's another piece of landmark legislation led by uh, then Governor Tom McCall, who I for sure have a weird political crush on. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know he also started off as a journalist, John? Oh, my gosh. The Tom McCall hits just keep coming. Did you? <laughs> Anyhow, so when the bottle bill was first implemented, its main purpose was to reduce litter. And I didn't know this, like specifically around beaches, highways, and other public areas. I don't know if you ever saw Mad Men, but there was one of the funniest scenes I remember was when they had a picnic and they just left everything there. And, like, <laughs> and that was like, they, they were trying to say like, this is how it was. Like they just threw stuff out the window in the car. Like they had no idea, you know? So then Governor Tom McCall had this brilliant idea. He's like, but what if we pay people to like bring us their trash, you know? So that's where our bottle bill started. And But as many of us know, for those in the lower rungs of the socioeconomic ladder, uh, collecting cans and bottles has become kind of a social safety net. And Oregon does still pay one of the highest deposit amounts for bottles and cans, you know, among the other states that are also doing it. So uh, this debate, if the bottle bill would be messed with in any way really sparks like a lot of controversy. Many lawmakers are frankly afraid to touch it because they don't want to look like assholes uh, that hate poor people. Mm-hmm. That's my subtext, by the way. Nigel did not say that in the slightest. And that's a good look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to not look like an asshole who hates poor people. That's yeah. a good look. Yeah. I know. They're just like, yeah, how about we don't look like that? And so, and just speaking from experience, there were a handful of years when my mom raised me and my siblings alone by like operating a mobile ice cream and Mexican snack truck in East LA. And since 
since she was undocumented at the time, if we needed anything extra, like on top of the bare necessities, like book fair money or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures, you know, my brother and I were out there collecting bottles and cans. We'd jump out of the truck and hit up like all the trash cans in the parks that she would park in. Like, you know, she'd go and do her thing, put the little music on and we'd just run out. And I definitely grew up poor, but I had that Chuck E. Cheese money, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. now many critics of the bill say because of how it's being used by those in the throes of addiction and or experiencing homelessness, it's helping sustain the fentanyl crisis by creating a very steady revenue source for street dealers. Because of my history, I was initially skeptical reading these criticisms because there have always been drug dealers downtown and the bottle bill has more than 50 years old. So like what's different now? Uh, But people who work on the front lines are pointing out is that it's a completely new world. Mm -hmm. You know, fentanyl is extraordinarily cheap. And on top of that is insanely addictive. Just to break down some numbers, a single fentanyl pill costs about $1 and that's 10 cans, 10 cans. So back in my day, my brother Josh and I would have to like, f- like fill up two garbage bags if we wanted to have a good weekend, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like ten cans to get high—that's insane. Yeah. And ironically, community trash pickers and sanitation services are saying that this bottle bill, whose original intention was to keep our public spaces clean, is actually contributing to this like uncontrollable amount of litter. And I'm sure we've all seen this downtown where trash cans and like dumpsters are like dumped or rummaged through. Um, It's also increased shoplifting where cases of bottled water and other recyclable beverages are being sold because people are just, you know, stealing that, dumping out the contents and using the empties. So the bottle bill critics are suggesting that if we do intend to keep the bottle collection as part of our social safety net, which again, initially was not the intention of the bill, that maybe instead of money, we should be handing out food vouchers. And I just want to read you this final quote from a downtown bike patrol officer, Eli Arnold, who is also running for Portland City Council because he's so passionate about what's happening because of this exact, like this bill and everything. Yeah. Arnold said, sure, many people are using the money legitimately, but many are using it to harm themselves. There's a fine line between helping people and enabling them. So what do you think, John? Oh, this is so stupid and I hate it so much. I hate everything about this. You know, some of the people that they were quoting in this article include the CEO of Fred Meyer, you know, and of these chains that just don't want to deal with having to be in charge of redeeming the bottles, which like, Mm -hmm. okay, I mean, I I guess if you like run a chain of Rite Aids that the existence of this bill might be inconvenient for you. But like, what are we actually trying to solve here? If, If we're trying to get to like the source of the addiction crisis and to help people, like taking away a way for them to like make a little bit of money just doesn't do anything. It's not like the addicts are just going to be like, well, I can't get my cans, so I'm not going to be addicted to fentanyl anymore. It is just going to compound the problems that we already have. And 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 like some of the people that they talked to in this article that Nigel got were people who are using it in like completely legitimate ways, you know? Um, an unemployed machine operator saying, look, it's a legit way to make money. It's not hurting anyone. And like I see so many people who in my neighborhood on trash day go through and collect cans and bottles, you know? I think that it does do a huge amount of good. And just because people are tired of the eyesore of addiction, um, it's just such a backwards way to try and address something. It makes me really skeptical that people are even actually worried about the welfare of these people who have an addiction to a very, very potent drug. Um, I, I think that this is just sort of like eyesore policing, and I and I hate it. Yeah. Um, just a, a few things. I, I totally agree with you that 
Our public services are so poorly managed that many who are struggling financially say collecting bottles is faster and easier than like applying for food stamps. These were some of the people that Nigel Jaquist, uh, the reporter on the story, you know, he was quoting and talking to. Mm-hmm. Also, many of our state representatives, that's why they're like, well, I don't see, we don't see a problem here. But they did do like a little informal study and they did show that there was an increase in street litter and shoplifting firmly centered around bottle collection places around town. And that's more places than you think because a big part of the bottle bill is, is that if your store is larger than 5,000 square feet and you sell beverages, you have to accept empty cans and bottles. I mean, I'm I'm also like, hey, man, you know, this is a safety net. But two things. One, why is it a safety net? Why are we relying on this like raccoon behavior that I did as a child? You know what I mean? Like we're just little like mm. we're just it's so dystopian. It's so dystopian. Yeah. And like that wasn't even the intention of the bill, John. Like it was to keep, you know, to keep the streets clean. Mm-hmm. And now it's creating even more litter. It is aiding in this fentanyl crisis that we're having downtown. Um So I'm like, where is all the money going to? Because here's the deal, John. What I thought was a bit more interesting is like how much money our bottle deposit program is is even making and where that money is going. Um, Because this was originally a bill that came even before recycling was part of the social lexicon, right? And it was the only way we were able to make sure these public spaces were clean. Um, So no one was thinking how we could use the added revenue for public use or even environmental services. So all of our deposit money goes to the Oregon Beverage Recycling Cooperative or the OBRC, which is a private nonprofit cooperative owned by retailers and beverage distributors, meaning the state has nothing to do with that money. And since the OBRC is not part of the government, there's no transparency or accountability. The Oregon legislator gave uh, the OLCC the authority to administer and enforce the bottle bill, but it's actually this like private nonprofit that um, manages it. And they own all of the collection facilities. They, they, they take all the money and yeah. we don't see any of that. And so House Majority Democratic Leader Barbara Smith Warner basically said like, y'all, this is a slush fund. I like to see it used for public purposes like treating substance abuse or helping pay for housing. And I feel like that if we're going to use it as a safety net, we should use it as a real safety net. That I absolutely agree with 100%. Yeah, I mean, and it was pretty striking some of the things that Nigel pointed out about this cooperative. Um, on top of just the revenue that it that they bring in from the deposits, there's also this question of like the amount of money they get from recycling aluminum cans. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're bringing in like a billion aluminum cans, and like that can really add up to millions and millions of dollars. And the fact that that revenue is just sort of going into this shadowy coffers of this sort of like semi public private cooperative that we don't have good accountability for, like that is super screwed up. And I am absolutely like up for some sort of like reworking of it but like i don't think that that means that we should just get rid of this program that people rely on because of it you know what i mean yeah but i don't think they're talking about getting rid of it i think they're just like what if we make instead of money they get food stamps yeah i mean but like i I am very sympathetic to the idea that like for somebody who is desperate enough to be relying on 10 cents per can just to have money in their pocket that the system of food stamps like there might be more bureaucracy than that they are able to uh, to like participate in, you know? It's unfortunate, but there's just a lot of people that are going to fall through the cracks if they make that switch. Yeah. 
I highly recommend that everyone read this article because there's so many more voices and nuanced thoughts on this issue. Um, and it does need our attention because this is something that is like seriously being considered. But I was immediately blown away that all of our bottle deposit money seems to be helping no one. Yeah. Well, if anyone else has any thoughts or feelings about this uh, bottle bill, I'd love to hear it. Like, just let us know. And, and maybe on next midweek's roundup, we'll, we'll read them out loud. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do a quick break here and then we'll come back to this midweek roundup. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, John, what do you got for me this week? Okay, doing something a little bit different. Um, so I wanted to take a look at some of the worst reviews on Google and Yelp from objectively popular places. I'm talking about okay. like one-star reviews, places <laughs> that everybody kind of likes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. If there's anybody out there who's trying to make some last-minute plans, um, maybe we could help them out with some ideas. So I'll, I'll give you a couple reviews and uh, I want you to guess where this place is, okay? Ooh, okay, cool. Uh, so this one is from Tim. He says, the view is terrible and Proud Boys are everywhere. Don't go. What? So there's a view and there's Proud Boys? <laughs> oh my God. A terrible view and full of Proud Boys. The only thing I can think of with the view is the bluffs. They're not talking about the Skidmore bluffs, are they? They're talking about the Skidmore bluffs. What? There's Proud Boys <laughs> at the... For, for the new timers, the old timers we know as the Skidmore bluffs or the bluffs. New timers, what do they call it now? The Mox uh, Crest? The Mox Crest, yeah. Why are there Proud Boys at the bluffs? I mean... Well, I guess everybody appreciates a sunset, you know? Yeah, you know, and it's like one of those democratic spaces. Everyone is there. You see tippies, you see, you know... Retired couples having a picnic, and apparently on this day when Tim was there, Proud Boys everywhere. So, could you imagine that? Just like a you know one of those rowdy protests, and then everyone at the end goes to the bluffs to look at the sunset together. Yeah, <laughs> it just seems so Portland. They're just like, oh, it's birdie. And, and, and I think that the reviews of the bluffs were so funny because. Like, clearly everyone went when there was something crazy going on. And yeah. they're like, don't go. There's this other one from Ricky who says, don't go. Definitely not one of the best parks in the city. Spent the entire time watching an influencer dance on her portable stripper pole. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a thing. There's portable stripper poles? There there was when Ricky was oh there. Oh, my God. So I'm now afraid for that influencer. That influencer is going to fall. But you know what, though? You know that video freaking, like, really popped off. Like a sunset oh, yeah. while you're, yeah. like, doing acrobatics. Yeah, with, like the view of the river in the background. That's the yeah. other thing with Tim. The view is terrible. It's a beautiful view. So the Skidmore Bluffs. You got another one or you, uh, another location? Yeah. So this one, um, we'll start with one from Rosalie. Okay. Useless menu. Cannot be read save for a powerful magnifying glass or eyes like Superman. <laughs> is it the Driftwood Room? No. Okay. The driftwood room. I just because it's dark there, but I I don't know. Okay, you're not far off though. You're on you're Ooh, on the right. Path. Oh, am I? Let, let okay. me let me let me give you another one. Okay. Uh, this is from Alan. Call me an old fogey, but I think this place is BS. Starting with the boom de boom quote music. 
which makes it nearly impossible to hear the person sitting next to you, moving on to the fact that the server did not acknowledge our presence for at least 10 minutes. The food was uneven. The famed corn dog is just that, a corn dog. The fried chicken, however, was outstanding. Is this con? No, it's not con. Oh my God, fried chicken, corn dog, romantic. Uh, so like a sort of like romantic, like loud music, dark, and like kind of fun food. Um, Huh. Oh man, I'm like drawing a blank because cor- the corn dog and the hot and the fried chicken is really throwing me because I don't think of romance with a corn dog. But what? Who? What? Which one is that one? We're talking about expatriate. Oh, the music <laughs> isn't that loud. There's a corn dog. It can be loud because the owner like also DJs. You know, oh. the guy who owns it. Some days he'll be like, "I'm just the DJ tonight," and he'll spin vinyl records. Dude, if you had said nachos, if you had said excellent drinks, I would have been like, "Oh, expatriate, let's go." Well, well, well. Here's the thing: nobody who had the nachos had anything bad to say about expatriate. Oh, of so. course, because the nachos are amazing. <laughs> we, we just have to go with one star reviews. <laughs> I know, that's true. Uh, who gets the corn dog? I'm sorry. I'm like, I didn't even know there was a corn dog at Expatriate or even fried chicken. I'm just like, no, you get the little steamed burgers, delicious, and you get the nachos. Whatever. All right. I love that place, but I I understand. I understand. And so do most people. 4.2 on Yelp. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got one more for you. Yay. All right. The place seemed high stress and very snotty. The neighborhood was scary. There was construction in front of the entry, not an easy-to-access location. No stars, but in order to post, I was forced to give a star. Oh, my God. Dangerous neighborhood in Portland? But very high-stress and snotty. Oh. Now I'm trying to think of a dangerous... And there was construction in the front? Let let me go a little bit further. Okay. The website clearly states that walk-in seating is available, yet when my husband and I were first in line, we were turned away. The hostess was unfriendly and kept repeating that all of their tables were committed. Poor communication soured the experience for me. Oh, I would for me too. I I would hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but geez. this is someone from out of state who might have not like known about like the walk-in policy. Yeah. Jeez, Louise, I can't imagine dangerous neighborhood too. I, I mean, in in the subjective mind of this reviewer. Okay. How small is this restaurant? Not small. Okay, not small. Okay. Scotch Lodge? Mm, no. Well, I mean, that's more of a bar. I think, I think if you were to take your date here on Valentine's Day, they'd be very impressed. I got one more for you. Okay. Service was above average. Drinks were above average. Food was above average. However, at 1 a.m. that night, my fiance and I woke up to the worst food poisoning we'd ever had oh, in our lives. No. I won't get into the details, but it's nothing I ever want to experience again, especially not after spending almost $300 <gasps> on dinner. It's terrible. Keep in mind, we are, we are picking like the worst of the worst. Clearly, these are just like outliers. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of a fancy restaurant. It's not Lorange, is it? Nope. I got All right. We are talking about the most exclusive reservation in Portland. Talking about Con. 4.5 I stars. Was, I said Con. I mean, a different one. You said Con for the last one. But I didn't <laughs> know it was Con Con. I was so close. I said Scott Shalage. That's like a block away. You were super close. You, I mean, you were super close with Driftwood Room on Expatriate, too. So you were like yeah. right there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the best reviewed restaurants in town. I've been. It's great. It's also really hard to get in. Yeah. I also have one bonus review. Oh, shit. Okay, let's go. Maybe I'll get this one. Jesus. And this is a five-star review. Oh, okay. This is near con. If you can't get in, if you get turned away because you don't have a reservation, this restaurant, Carson thinks is a five-star restaurant. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Y'all say it's nasty. It's fast food, for God's sake. It smacks if you order the right food. It's also cheap as fuck. Ain't going to be high quality, but it's good. Is it McDonald's? No. It's Taco Bell. <laughs> 2.1 star average on Yelp, but Carson says it's five stars. <laughs> hey, man, if you can't get into con, there's a 2.1 Taco Bell, not even a mile away. Yeah. So, yeah. And Carson says it's great. Carson knows what he's talking about. Oh, my God. This was, I, I want to do this again, but with more people because I feel like uh, you did not get a, a good player. You got me going, what? Yeah. <laughs> I got the, I got the but bluffs. You were so close. You were like, you were like right oh there God. on most of them. I got the bluffs. You though. got the bluffs. Yeah. Well, thank you for putting this. This was actually really fun. I feel, I, I do feel like I, I let you down, but, th but thank you for putting this together. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Thank you. We'll do it again. And maybe next time you can make me guess. How about that? Awesome. Well, well, John, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me and doing this midweek roundup. And uh, I'll see you in a little bit. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Claudia. If you ever want to chime in with your own thoughts on anything we've talked about on the show, shoot us an email at portlandcitycast.fm or leave us a voicemail at 503-208-5448. And just let us know if you're okay with us sharing it on the show. Well, that's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs> <laughs>